Welcome to the Rags to Riches show with myself, Terry Blackburn. These podcasts are designed to motivate, educate, and to inspire you to take huge action in your life, to change your life from this moment on. I interview inspiring guests with amazing stories that you can hopefully learn from, relate to, and spur you on to achieve big things. If you want to follow my personal journey and all the different things that we do, please follow me on Instagram, which is Terry underscore Blackburn underscore property. Or on YouTube, my page is Terry Blackburn property. Me, myself, I've been from rags to riches, had nothing. Now I've built multiple businesses earning over millions of pounds. I have a multi-million pound portfolio of property up in the Northeast of England. I am by no means done yet. So please get in touch if you love the show. If you have any feedback for me, I'd really appreciate that. And I'm happy to help as many people as I possibly can. That's what this show is all about. So enjoy the episode. Take care, have a fantastic day, and don't just take notes, take action. Hi, and welcome to the Rags to Riches show with myself, Terry Blackburn. Now, today's guest is a guy called Nathan Winch. He's a really successful entrepreneur. He's a private equity investor and an avid property investor as well. Uh, He's got quite a bit of experience in starting, scaling, and selling multiple businesses across multiple industries. Been really successful at that. Um, His collective businesses that he's involved in or has an interest in or controls uh, turns over in excess of 35 million. So I think there'll definitely be some gems and some knowledge and some lessons that Nathan can share with us around businesses. So welcome to the show, Nathan. Hiya, Terry. How are you doing? I am always good, and I'm very good, thank you. How are you? That's what we like to hear. That's what we like to hear. Yeah, everyone's nice and well. Good, definitely, definitely. Nice and refreshed from the Christmas break, ready to attack the year. That's it. uh, Yeah, man. So thank you very much for coming on, Nathan. You're a very busy man. Followed you on Instagram for a while. You're always doing something, always buying something or selling something on you. So um, That's it. I appreciate your time. I know you're a busy man. So um, what we'd like to talk about on the show, Nathan, is the three parts of your career so far. So first mm-hmm. one being the start, so how you got into, you know, buying, selling businesses. The middle part is the growth part, sort of uh, any key highlights, key milestones, achievements that you've had so far uh, that you like to share and any lessons. And then also the, the current part, so that's what your attention is on right now. Are you a young guy? Um, so you might probably got big aspirations of what you, where you're going to go in the future. So maybe sharing a little bit about that. What I think will be quite interesting would be sharing your view or your opinion on business sectors and industries that may be great in the future or are really going to flourish in the future. So could you tell us, start by just telling us a little bit about that start point, how you got into doing what you're doing. And Nathan, that'd be great. <clears throat> yeah. So, so it's, it, I've always kind of, I guess being, I guess you don't call yourself an entrepreneur. It sounds a bit pompous, doesn't it? You've got to let other people call you it. Um, but no, <laughs> I've, been, I've been quite entrepreneurial for, for ages, years and years. And I think it, it kind of started in school. So I started our school's first uh, newspaper, you know, run by students, that sort of thing. I think that's where it started. Um, and then at uni, dabbled in some stuff, you know, did some web design, that sort of stuff. Um, and then uh, when I was in my uh, sort of work placement year, I worked in the NHS a little bit and uh, I was buying stuff for the NHS as part of my role, what I was doing there. 
and I noticed that you know the NHS was paying a fortune for everything. And I think the thing that kind of made me think, because bearing in mind I was always I was always quite entrepreneurial anyway, I looked at it and I and I saw in the catalogue because the NHS can pretty much only buy from one place. In this catalogue, I was looking at like a, a fork or something, and it was like three quid for a fork. And I was thinking, the NHS isn't underfunded; it's misfunded. Um, and I think it, it, one of those things, I looked into it and basically there's this monopoly of big businesses, or there was at the time, that kind of had this grip hold over the NHS. Um, typically, I guess the mindset is if you want to supply the NHS, you've got to be huge, right? So I guess that the mindset thing stopped smaller players coming into the market. This, this was like over 10 years ago, so things were a lot different. Um, so I thought, well, sod it. You know, I started a business, uh, bid on an NHS contract, uh, fast-moving consumables, so things like hand sanitizer, um, and uh, we ended up winning a share of a massive forty million pound contract. Now, this, this, just to kind of set the scene, Terry, I had, I was a student. I had absolutely nothing whatsoever, no money, nothing. The company was like must have been like a week old, and we got awarded this huge, massive contract. Well, of course, I guess that goes to show that it's pretty much mindset that stops people from doing these things. But I thought, well, I sod it, did it and, and, and won it. And I was like, crap, what do I do now? Because I've got to supply the NHS, I've got no money whatsoever. So I kind of scrambled around looking for investors, uh, looking for people in the industry, because I studied uh, molecular biology at uni. So that's why I went into things like hand sanitizer and medical supplies. But I didn't know anything about the actual supply chain and the logistics of the NHS and everything else. So I, I had to get people on board, giving away equity in the business and managed to find an investor that, that put um, 100 grand in. And we got off, started getting, get, you know, started kicking it off, importing stuff, manufacturing stuff. We got a unit, you know, your normal traditional business story, I guess. Um, and it grew, uh, hit some snags with some investors um, and we ended up selling the business to, uh, well, I, I raised some money against houses and things like that, and you know, parents' houses and stuff. Bought out this investment. Yeah. That's it. There was this investor was caused a bit of trouble, so I had to buy him out. And then I thought, well, you know, we'll sell the business because I could see that I could make some money doing that. So we sold the business to one of our suppliers, actually, to one of our chemical suppliers. Um, and that's what it was. So coming round to my point is, when I sold that business, I made more money in that 48 hours than the whole five years combined previous. So I thought, oh, wow, there must be something in this. You know, I've made, you know, all that money then. And I've been paying myself next to nothing running the business. And I thought, you know, it maybe this is a business selling businesses. So not not as a broker, but, you know, as kind of building them and selling them or doing something else. And so I started that. So, so I did a bit of freelancing, um, essentially met with some, some companies that kind of knew who I was because the industry, the industry specific uh, media and publications talked a lot about what we were doing because we were very, very small, you know, taking David and Goliath, that sort of story. Um, so a lot of people picked it up and that people were getting in touch and wanted me to help them get an NHS contract. So I thought I'll do a bit of freelance contracting sort of thing. Money was all right, but um, I thought, well, maybe I could set up a business, get a contract and sell that business rather than get paid a day rate for helping them. So I did that um, and I started a business, got an NHS contract, no trading, and someone was willing to buy it. And I thought, oh, wow, you know, there's, 
this this selling businesses thing is is very very good money um so i thought well, i'll get into this a bit more so so we kind of i went down the road used some of my money i built a little bit of a portfolio by this point of, of property as well which i could leverage off and i thought well we'll start trying to buy businesses i mean you if you buy a business it shortcuts the all the blood sweat and tears doesn't it um, as well as provides another entrepreneur with a, with an exit and they can make money and etc etc so i started doing these small acquisitions um, you know, trying to leverage as much as possible to use as little of my own equity as possible as you do. Property investors will know that only too well. Um, and just gradually got bigger and bigger to the point where we were pretty much a, a, what's known as a private equity firm. So an investment company that buys and sells businesses or buys businesses, does something to them to add value and then sells them. So started networking with people in the industry got myself a, somewhat of a mentor, not a mentor really, but someone I can bounce ideas off who runs a huge billion pound private equity firm. And it just grew from there, Terry. And over the last, what I'm doing now, I've only really been doing seriously for like the past three years-ish. So it's not a very long time at all. But in that time, we've, we've exploded in growth um, and we're doing some really good stuff. Got some really big banks that are on, on my side now to help me with various things. Uh, you know, we can now easily borrow millions and millions of pounds and it just, you know what it's like, you, it snowballs and then all of a sudden you find yourself in gorgeous office space with loads of staff and we've uh, we've broken, recently broken over the uh, 100th full-time member of staff. Um, so it's, yeah, right. to, to, to say it's exploded is probably an understatement, to be fair. I've, I've just been sat here, Terry, like in the passenger seat, thinking, what's happening? Um, but yeah, it's, it's, the, the, hard, the hard work is starting to pay off. Yeah, so, so, so yeah. to cut a long story long, I guess, that's how I got into what I'm doing now, which is, you know, buying and selling businesses, I suppose. I think that's a it's a great story, mate. And fair play. So you, what you've done and what you're achieving, and you you know when near done, I feel speaking to you, I can see that um, you, you still want to do a lot more, and you definitely will do a lot more. It's just just fair play to you know going from everyone's got that catalyst, right? That something that happens to you or because of you, then it sparks something off. Like you said, mm. it was you were you sold it, then you were doing the day rate stuff, and you were like, well, why don't I just now, once you do one, you do another one. Yeah, exactly. and a mentor, I think, is a is a great point. Um, because I think I, I done a post on this just the other day. Actually, you know, people say that they're self made, but in reality, nobody's really self made. Other they've had help, whether that's just some advice, a mentor, a coach, a team. That you know, you can't do it all yourself. And and again, would you say that having that mentor, that coach guy? Oh, the guy that you lean oh, on. Oh, it's definitely helped. Oh, it's definitely helped because yeah. as I've built my credibility now, that that the he runs another he runs another one of us, but huge and more sophisticated. You know, they buy stuff off of us now. So I, it's it's financially helped for certain because we've got an exit, yeah. we've got exit strategies for the businesses we buy to them or to other people. But you know, they they now trust us. We've I've he's seen me build over years and years and years. And so that, I guess that credibility is built in. Um, but yeah, even if it's not a, men, a traditional mentor type, just, just someone who's done it or still doing it and is very successful that can help and provide that advice. So you don't trip up so much, you know, because you can waste years just trip. You know, the first, the first 10 years of me being in business, I, what I've done now, I probably could have done in two. 
you know, if I'd have had the right guidance. Yeah. So absolutely 100%. If somebody's willing to help you, then it's a no-brainer. Love that. And again, something else I just picked up on what you said, like do, doing it, you could have done it in two years. Like loads oh, of people absolutely. say, loads of people say like, oh, I learn from my mistakes. That's how I learn. I like to do something and then, you know, learn from other people's mistakes. Yeah, to a degree, you need to learn from your own. But if you can learn from yeah. somebody else's, oh yeah, like you say, like that's, that's you know, doing it in 12 or two, you'd much rather do the two, right? Um, so yeah, again, I think that's great advice from somebody who, who definitely knows what they're, they're doing. I mean, I followed a little bit of your journey on on Insta. That's why I, so that's where we got chatting. I was just like, who is this young guy doing it? Because you look at it quite So well Instagram's now. working then? That's yes, there you go. I thought it was a waste of time, but it's getting <laughs> me on these podcasts, so no, I can't <laughs> complain. But there you go. Well, that's where I first seen you. I think anyway, I've definitely seen you on Instagram. But um, and then I was thinking, well, yeah, he's doing some good stuff. Like, because I'm there's a lot of people out there, as you know, on Instagram in particular that are just property people. I don't want to ever pigeonhole myself and say I'm just into property because I believe that personally, I believe that businesses are better ROI than property, but I think. But I think doing both is something that not many can do. And I think I think that's where it's at. Because if if you've got something that's potentially sellable or that f- produces a, a much higher income than property, you then reinvest that money to produce more money. That that kind of business to produce income for property, which then funds more property, that that's kind of my thing. I personally, I love that cycle. I love that. Method. Well, that's it, and it's it's. I've, I've got to agree with you there because, you know, I'll say something that I'll probably regret, but I think business people make better property investors as well. Um, that's not to say I, I know some. I know some property people that have been doing it for decades, and that's all they've done, and they're very good. And I do ask for their advice on various different things, but I honestly think that business people or people that have done business first to some kind of degree make for better property investors because again property is a business really isn't it i mean it's it's a low return business in my view uh, based on what we do but it's 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 a safe investment it's a i see it more as a pension terry to be honest we we so when we make excess surplus profits it's it's squirreled away traditional vanilla deposits or sometimes we'll a lot of the time we'll just buy stuff outright if it's cheap enough um, and just leave it, just leave it. You know, it's 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 a it's a nice place to keep money because with the sort of money we generate now, you, it'd be just completely psychotic to keep it all in cash. There's only so much you need as a reserve, um, and that's a topic of another story. But there's only so much you need as a reserve. Otherwise, it's just it's just dead dead equity that's that's just not doing anything. And our business is investment, so we we really do squeeze everything out of everything. So. Couldn't agree more with you on that point. I love that. So it's refreshing to speak to somebody else young who's in business and property for sure. I'm certainly not in the place you are with business, but um, I've got a few businesses that do really well. But you're um, not doing bad. Stop being so humble. Yeah. <laughs> Terry's yeah. told me in the background, guys, he's uh, he's doing all right, actually. He yeah. says, but he's doing all right. Well, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll give myself some credit for once. Um, anyway, back to you. Um, so... Um, on, just if we keep on the topic of business, because I'm quite interested and I'm sure our listeners will be also. In your opinion, what makes a good business? Good management team. If that's the, if that's the entrepreneur and it's, the, and it's owner-operated, which a lot of small businesses are, it's the, it's the people. 
I know that's, that sounds like such a cop-out answer, but it's so true. Um, it's, no, it's, the manage, it's the management, whoever's managing the business. Um, that's the key. It really is. Um, yeah, I could talk for weeks on that. But yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the team behind it. It's the passionate central person driving it. Um, and it's ultimately the team around them. Because you're nothing without your team, really. I mean, I couldn't possibly do what I'm doing now without my team. You know, my ops director, the guys in the office, I, I, I couldn't do it. It's impossible. Um, yeah, you're only as good as your team, really. And a business is only as good as its management team, in my opinion. Love that. Love that. No, no, honestly, I, I completely agree. It's something that I, I, I didn't realise early on for me anyway when I started the, my businesses. It was all like, I want to do everything myself because nobody can do it as good as me. So I was dipping in between every. Exactly. I was wearing so many yeah. different hats. But then it was actually um, Brad Sugars, the action coach guy. I don't know if you're familiar with his work. And it was a, a, a local um, guy called um, Stuart Wright who, who I was speaking to. He was like, the, the definition of a business is a commercial and profitable enterprise that runs and grows without you. And I was like, well, what do you mean? So I got talking to him anyway. And we went through like, you have to be able to remove yourself and the business has still got to run and grow. And I was like, well, if I'm if I'm not there, like it's it's barely running, it's definitely not growing, it's going backwards. I was like, oh my God. And then you get your head around into the systems and processes and getting every and I was like, and from that point on, everything just flourished. It was literally like a light bulb moment. Um, but that ties in with what you're saying. It's it's the team and, and all the th- stuff that comes with the team, systems, processes, etc. But I just loved that, and it'll stick with us forever, that definition. Um, yeah, no, that's and and that's that's important for us as well because um, we we can't get involved in the business. We don't have a choice actually because there's only so many of us in the core team actually at Winch and Co. It's not you know all of our employees are all in the businesses that we own. We don't you know there's less than ten of us here, um, so we we don't have a choice. We cannot get involved. You know we just have to mentor the managing directors, the managers, the CEOs, whatever they want to call themselves in the businesses. We, we just work with those guys and they run the business. I, there's a, somebody was saying to me the other day, oh, you've got to be able to, you know, leave your business for six months and it still work. I, I don't agree with that. You've, you've got to be able to die and your business has still got to work. Otherwise, it's, it's yeah. pointless, isn't it, really? Um, or at least leave. Well, that's pretty morbid, but at least leave forever <laughs> or retire. That's a good point. And the business, yeah, and the business starts to work. Six months is now good, is it? I mean, it's it's that's the thing. It's not it's not attractive to a buyer like us. I mean, that's one of the things we look for. If we're going to buy a business, if the owner has any job whatsoever, we're knocking loads off that price, or we're not interested because you're not going to stick around when we give you millions of pounds. You're not going to stick around and do your job. So we're going to have to hire. It's a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a pain in the neck, isn't it? Really. So yeah, you've got to. Uh, but that's even if you don't want to sell your business because you need a life. You know, you need to be able to dip in, do some good work, value add stuff, and you know, swan out of the office again, and everything be fine. It's yeah, you've got a job if you haven't got that, haven't you? Really? Yeah, yeah. You've created a, a high stress, high stress normally. Sometimes high paid, high stress. I stress um, no, no needs money. a lot of attention. Job putting yeah, money exactly. in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's it. Do you come? Do you come across that a lot? You know, when you're—I don't really know your process, but if you were going to look at a bit a potential business to buy or or value or whatever, do you find that a lot that it is sort of 
it, it's ran by a person like that. Is that more common or, or less common, would you um, say? Or? Well, we, we when we started doing this, yeah, it was. It was everyone. But because we look at much bigger businesses now, um, it's less it's less it's less so. However, the owners will say they don't do anything. And then when you get in there and people are coming in asking them questions, they're going out doing this, doing that, doing the other. I'm like, well, actually you are involved, aren't you? So even with the bigger businesses, the owners they're, they're stuck in more than they, they even realise themselves. And he, you know, there was a particular one we bought recently, and oh yeah, no, I'm not involved in this, don't do anything. Um, he's he's gone, been gone now for a couple of months, and there's all sorts of stuff he was doing, you know, and it's causing issues. So, yeah, it is it is fairly common with big and small businesses, to be honest. Unless the unless the guy's already retired and he just owns the business, you'll find that they're doing something because they don't. They, these guys that are successful, they're successful because they're driven and they get involved. So they're always involved until they're not involved. If that makes sense. So yeah, we, it's very common, very common. Yeah, I can imagine that. There's certainly a lot of a lot of my friends are on that boat, you know. And I think it, it's a good point as well that you rose there about the bigger they get, it's less likely. Oh, it's still definitely happening. Because at the start, you're the sole trader, you're the one-man band, yet you have to, yeah, exactly. And and I think ego plays a part in it too, because people want to be, it's me, I'm the business, I do everything, I'm the main oh, man, yeah. the main woman. Yeah. That you know, that definitely plays a part, doesn't it? Um okay, cool. Um, I was going to ask you property or business, but you kind of answered that already. Business. business. Yeah, yeah, I thought I thought so. <laughs> and also, just I'm just running with this. I know we'll, we'll put it back to the, the normal sort of agenda of the meeting. But um, I like what you said about, you said something earlier on there about, earlier about mindset. So um, what does mindset mean to you? And is there anything that you sort of contrib- contribute your successes down to mindset or, you know, any key habits that you well, have? Mindset. God, making me say stuff I'll regret all the time. No, I think it's so. I'm, I'm not. I'm not this mindset woo-woo manifestation. I, I don't buy into any of that. For me, it's a case of I don't. I don't need any motivation. I guess it's a. I just have this. It's difficult to explain, actually, Terry. I just. I get it done. I've got to get it done. That's it. You know, whether I'm feeling like shit or whether I'm you know motivated to help I just got to that I've chosen to do that so I've got to get it done it's kind of so I guess mindset is the right word but only in the sense that there is no other option if that makes sense and again I'm not doing the cliche failure is not an option it's just I'm very logical I'm from a scientific background I do this these are the steps to get there and that's it It, there's, there's no other we just do it you know, and I think that a lot of people have to, I'm quite lucky in the respect that a lot of people have to really work to get that mindset, I guess. But for me, it's just completely natural. Um, so, yeah, I guess I'm lucky in that sense that it's just, uh, there's no two questions. It's, oh, that's what we've got to do. Right, let's do it then. You know, I, I think one of the controversial things as well is if you need motivation, I'd say don't become an entrepreneur. I think is a very definitive, um, you know, obviously you've got the support of everyone around you, but it, it, it can get so crap when you're, when you're running your own business or when you're entrepreneurial or whatever, it can get really, really bad, actually. So bad that most people wouldn't cope. Um, so if you're looking for 
you know, you need motivation and validation all the time. Doing this is not for you, I think. But the mindset stuff, you know, I get it. And if that helps people, then that's fantastic. But for us, it just, it, I guess it just comes natural. Without sounding arrogant, it just just comes natural. We just get it done. There's no, oh, well, let's psych ourselves up. It's just a job we've got to do. Um, and, you know, we're lucky to, I guess, have that view on things, I suppose. Yeah, again, just picking up on a, f- a few things that you said there, being logical and structured and process-driven in your approach. Yeah. Um, you know, it is... It, is definitely what's needed for for your game and my game. I think even in property, you know, it, it, people get emotionally, yeah, they do. They, they get emotionally. Oh, but I like the property and this and what and they're too optimistic and the blah blah blah. Like you just have a process, have you know your numbers, be logical, and 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 I think that's definitely a common trend on the highly successful people that I've met and I know for sure. Um, and just getting like we said as well, just getting stuff done, like yeah. I've I've struggled to to manage certain people over the years. My my sales team, a lot of them are self-employed. So, you know, some of them obviously being self-employed and sole traders, they've got to get up in the morning. They've got to psych themselves up to go to the gym, get fit, get active, get on it, get on the phones. And they don't even get leads. Some of my team will self-generate business and yeah. hunt for business every day. So you have to be so, so on it every day. And I've never like struggled with that. But maybe it's like you said, maybe that's just me and you and, and some people are all just like that. But a lot of people aren't. And I think you're right. It just, it's, it's not no nothing against them. It doesn't mean they're bad people. It might just not be for you, this type of environment. No, people, no yeah, exactly. Yeah. I agree. And people, people like that, they still do build successful businesses. Yeah, it's just, just like in a different people, way. Yeah, people, they'll often say to me, we've got a holiday this year. No, oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bothered. I'm not bothered. I, when you enjoy what you do, I, you don't need so many holidays to recharge all this. Don't get me wrong, I need to recharge now and again. Um, but like this one, two holidays, three holidays a year, I, you know, the last proper holiday I went on was probably four years ago. I mean, it's, it's you know, like a broad sort of holiday. Not that you've got any chance at the minute with all everything, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I, yeah, I, but it doesn't bother me. I'm not actually, but it's not draining me to not have time to myself because this is my time. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. the again. I'm 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 lucky that I get to feel like that. And I know I know your business is your your baby, and it's what you're passionate about. But some people even get tired of that. But it's again for me. I've just I've been doing it for so long now. I, I don't know any different. Yeah, the hard stuff's crap, but you, you just you power through it and you get it sorted. Yeah, um, it's because it becomes part of your identity. It's yeah. who Nathan is. Nathan yeah, buys, yeah. scales, and sells businesses. You know that's what you do, and it's. I'm with you. Like some people say, oh, do you not burn out, Terry, working on? I mean, I, I, I do go on holidays. I do like holidays. <laughs> so a bit different. Before COVID, I used to do like Nothing six minutes. At the minute, it's like <laughs> one or two because you just can't book anything with all these rules. But um, some people say, oh, you, you're working too much. Slow You definitely would have heard this, I imagine. You're working too much. Slow down. You're going to burn out. All that nonsense. But if, if, you, if you enjoy it and you're not like, ridiculously neglecting your health and things in like working 20 hours, like some of these investment bankers and things do like you hear about having heart attacks in the twenties. As yeah. long as you're not doing that and you love what you do, like you, you don't feel that. Like I, I can't remember I ever feel, I remember feeling tired, of course. I feel quite tired quite a bit, but but not burnout, not like breaking no. down. Oh my God, I, I don't want to do this no more. I've never felt like that. Um, no, I've never felt like that. And it's been really, really bad. 
you know, there's been points where it's been really bad, but I've still never thought. You just, you just, you just get tired, don't you? I suppose that's it. You just get tired sometimes, and you, other people notice it. But again, even then, I, other people notice it before I do as well. Like they'll say, "Are you tired?" And I'm like, mm, "Actually, yeah, I think I am." You know what I mean? It's like yeah. I don't, I don't. I, other people notice it before I do. So that's how. It's not even commitment. It's just what I do. It's just natural and normal. It's it's weird. I can't really explain it. But yes, yeah, I guess we're feel the same in that yeah, respect. Yeah, 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 hundred percent, hundred percent. Okay, well, thank you for sharing that. That that was great. I think there's some good gems in there as well for the for the listeners. So if we just pull it back to the sort of middle part. So any yeah. career highlights? What is there any key things that you're really proud of, or key things that really push you to the next level, or? Um, so the I don't know if I've mentioned it, but we've we've just broken through having a hundred full-time employees. Now, when you start a business, you you're worried, or at least I remember, I I absolutely remember the first time we were thinking of taking on another person, and you think, oh, am I going to be able to afford it? This, that, the other. I can still do it if I do this, that. And we've now recently just broken through that. And that's 100 people with kids, mortgages, uh, family, you know, um, friend. And, and you think that's, we're providing for all those people. I mean, obviously, yeah, they, they're the ones doing the hard work. But, you know, I've, I, I just think that that's a bit of an achievement. And it's crept up on us, Terry. It's not something we've worked towards. You, you, you graft and then you blink and it's like, oh, we've got this huge business and empire or whatever. Um, and so I felt a bit of an achievement because for me, it's it's the, I like the social aspect of it as well. I, like, I do like helping people, in fact, sometimes too much, um, but I do like helping people and knowing that we give that many people their sole livelihood is a bit of a, it's like an achievement, you know? I mean, yeah, the, there's the financial rewards and everything else that's come, but that, for me, that's thinking about the first time where I was worried about taking the first ever person on. It's such a such a massive gap, do you know what I mean? And we've got through all that. And so for me, that's the biggest achievement. That was October last year that we broke through that threshold. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel that's probably my best achievement so far is, you know, 100 people rely on us. It's, it's you know, it's yeah. really good. Yeah. And, and is that, so is that across all the businesses Oh, is that well, it's just it's only across the businesses that we own 100 percent of. You own 100. Oh well, because we yeah because we um, we do a lot of in angel investment stuff as well, or at least we did. So we've got we've got so we don't include any of that. But the, yeah, just our employees. Well, um, fair play, yeah, fair play. So it's, yeah, it's, it's it's mental really to think about. Um, it was only just before Christmas I actually sat and thought about it and I thought, oh God, can't make a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's really good. It's, it's, I, I, for yeah. me, that's an achievement. Yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a huge, you know, not many people break that. I mean, um, there's over 100 in my organisation, but a lot of them are self-employed in salespeople. So it is a little bit different, I feel. Um, you know, what you've achieved, I think, is, is, is unre- that is, that is mega, 100 employed. I mean, the payroll... Your, your monthly amount that you're paying out is obviously yeah, a hell of a lot of money. Huge. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. um, yeah. I, I don't like paying like I like paying the commissions out. I shouldn't say that, but it's like when I'm paying out a couple of hundred grand a month, I'm thinking, oh my god, and I'm you know paying it, and I'm thinking, so yours must be yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. It is, but um, but yeah, not fair play to you, man. Is there anything else that you're really proud of? Any sort of key moments? 
Um, in your um, career so far? I think employing our now operations director because for me, obviously the businesses that we own, we don't get involved in, in terms of from our perspective, they're passive in a sense that they're run by people that we employ as managing directors. But recently I've even made this business quite, not passive, I still do work, I still have to do work. Um, but I took on a, a operations director uh, just under a year ago, so it's coming up to a year now. Um, you know, that, that was another big step change was putting someone on such a high salary, thinking, oh, another, you know, it's a lot to pay. But that one of the best investments I've made because I can, I can have that month away from work and we're, we still buy stuff, we're still turning stuff around, it's still operational and working. Um, I think that was another achievement is, is taking the step to, to take somebody on to effectively run my business, which, which is what he does. And he's very good. Um, I chose to choose someone that was much better than me, much older, you know, late 50s. He's done all sorts. He's run most of the post office at one point in his past life. Um, so it's, it's, it's putting together that team. And I've always talked about it, even when I'm interviewing, like, you've got to build a good team. But it's only recently that I've built a very good team, you know, and actually took my own advice and spent, which is effectively an investment in these people. But it's what it's done is, you know, it's really scaled us up in such a short space of time. It's just having that second experience, well, more experienced pair of eyes. Um, and then the team grew, the core team grew, and it just, again, it's back to the people, actually. Um, it's all, they're all, all the biggest achievements, at least to me, are all people-based. Um, because I think just being able to employ anybody is an achievement because you're, yeah, you're providing a living to another person, which is, for me, that's important, I think. Um, and of course, all the money that you make as well, but that's, uh, that's by the by, that's a byproduct. I think once, once you're able to survive off your business, that's when I first saw myself as successful um, because I... Back then, I was, you know, really hard on myself. But when, when I was able to not have any other job, that's when I started thinking, I'm doing all right now. You know, and I could have, I could be like, I could have been like that now and still be happy. Um, I think when, when your business is able to solely provide for you and your needs, I think that's one of the steps of success. It's got to be, hasn't it? You know, is is I saw myself as actually semi-successful then I thought wow this is I don't need another job you know and then it grows doesn't it so yeah it's all all people based love that have you read uh, I've just literally listened to the audio um when I was on holiday last week and um who not how oh have yeah you read, have you read that book or listened yeah to I've it? Read, well some of it some of it I can't yeah. lie <laughs> yeah. <laughs> honestly you, you love it I think it's right up your street it's a business one all about yeah you know, the who's that you have, instead of thinking, how can I do all of this myself? It's who can I get to help, assist, or do for me to get us collectively to where we want to be. It's one of the best business books I've read or listened to. Um, and it really hits home with me. It, it just the way you talked about the the guy you brought in sounded like the book, but I really recommend that one if, if you haven't already. Um, but yeah, fair, fair play to you, man. Um, I love stories like this where just someone who's came from nothing, young, ambitious, and and doesn't seem anywhere near done yet, which leads <laughs> on to the, ne the next bit. What what is next for Winch and Co and, and Nathan? What where do you want to take it? What's your so um, so we've got some we've got some objectives. So by by twenty twenty four, 
we want to be a hundred million pound business, which we're well on track. In fact, we're ahead of schedule for, um, but touch wood, you know, don't count your chickens. Uh, but yeah, we, we aim, that's our main aim. And then each of the team members all have their own objectives, which feed into that, but effectively to be a 100 million pound business by, uh, by December, 2024, which I think will meet, um, but yeah, it's, it's an ambitious plan, uh, but it's I think it's doable. Yeah, I'm just getting started. I've like had a revitalization since doing this. You know, the because I, I was kind of not winding down, but you know, I was I was doing well, not rock the boat. Don't need to grow because I'm doing well. People who work for me are doing well, but then I've kind of gone again, if that makes sense. And now we're going much bigger, and it's revitalized me, and I'm absolutely put. We're we're not even started yet, Terry. Is. Love that. I'm excited to, to see what happens next. Yeah, I, I'll yeah, be I if, if, if you, <laughs> I bet you are 100 mil. I'll see you on a yacht somewhere. <laughs> um, if, you, if you don't mind disclosing it, like, how many businesses is it currently? This 35 plus is that like I'm just more curious is it a couple um, or is it loads of businesses? Or? Yeah, because we don't we don't include all the ones. So, we so when I say that number, that's the businesses that we own 50% or more of. So oh, we've got yeah. about 22, 23 businesses in total that we either own 100% of um, or have an investment in. So we, we do the old Dragon's Den style malarkey where we'll invest in a startup. We've just agreed to invest in a new startup um, this month, actually. Uh, so we've, yeah, I think there's 22 businesses in total and then businesses that we either control or own outright, I think is... 10 something like that so that's from the 10 that number i don't know what the number is overall because we you know we have shares in huge multi-billion mining corporations and stuff so it's pointless adding that because i can't claim the credit for that but yeah it's 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 the businesses that we control or own outright which again is is still good i mean you you can effectively view those as jvs you know there's other yeah, investors yeah. involved alongside us but still a business that we jointly own so throw that in for the vanity of the numbers yeah i mean it, it may whichever way you you, you package it up it's massively impressive still you know there's so many people shouting about how much they've got in property and all this for me what you do is much harder than buying property and that's not oh, yeah. property down at all oh no, I love no, property I was... and i'm very passionate about it but it is a different uh, yeah. it's much more difficult dealing yeah so, so many moving parts people mm. relationships between the people the industry the niche and all these other things that affect it competitors if you buy a property on this street you know you can't really be affected by a competitor can you apart from someone else buys one and tries to rent it out but if you've already got a tenant like it it it's 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 apples and pears, isn't it? It's completely different. And to do that scale in the time period that you've done it, I think it's just, is, is unreal. Um, fair play, man. Fair play. I appreciate that. Um, is there any specific, I know you mentioned transport, I think. So what, what, what industries are you specifically in right now? Oh, gosh, I'm looking at the Lord. actually. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we've got, we've got, yeah, so we're focusing on, building a group of companies in the transport industry and in the waste management industry. Waste management, uh, okay. We've looked at things like plant hire and stuff, but the two, the two that we're focused on and that we've kicked off are the transport and the waste management. So what we essentially do is we look at industries where they're very um, fragmented. So basically 
for those that don't understand it's it's basically industries where there's lots of little businesses and not very many big businesses so we look to industries like that where we can effectively hoover up little businesses consolidate them build a nice big group slap a new label on it and effectively sell it on to you know to somebody else uh, to to make it quite crude in fact we have a, an analogy where the businesses that we own obviously like property they pay us to to hold them uh, but we effectively view it as each one of the companies that we own they're like boxes on the shelf in the warehouse they're just their product we buy them in and then we need to sell them to to, to make real money um, so we use that analogy that it's kind of like our stock almost these businesses that we own and we have to do something to add value much like you would with a property you wouldn't buy a you know clapped out property and then sell it you have to add value you have to refurb it so we, we we don't typically do turnarounds so we don't take on distressed businesses but we've taken on businesses where there's lots of room for improvement um, and then obviously we do that and then we either sell that individual business on or we add it into the group if we've got an investment mandate which we do for transport and waste management so uh, yeah we've 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 started already we've made a couple of acquisitions for the transport group um, and the waste management we're in talks with some people uh, so the waste management group will probably grow to about 20 million and then we've got we've already got a buyer lined up we just have to hit the targets in that business and then they'll buy that group off of us um, and the waste management's fairly early on and that's only started this month uh, but we're in talks with people already um, people that want to retire uh, it's, the, it's the same old motivated seller uh, you know people want to retire or they want to move on or whatever you know the property investors listening they'll know all about that um, and it's the same story really it's just a bit more complicated as you say it's once the once you complete it's not just oh we'll get in there get the keys it's you don't know what you're going to find because there's only so much due diligence can uncover um you know as we've known time and time again and we always say after an acquisition we're going to do a better due diligence next time but you can never pick everything up so so yeah so, so that's essentially what we do we're building a group we own individual businesses we have investments in businesses but then we have this sort of secondary thing where we buy businesses that are all similar roll them up and sell them on and that's what we're doing so yeah it's really really interesting so i think because you, you 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 said you were going to ask me about what key industries to look for so for me in my opinion and i could be wrong i've been known to be wrong terry i know it's uh, unbelievable but um <laughs> we've uh, I, i've i've i'm leaning towards asset rich businesses i think in this world of bitcoin and nfts and the metaverse i'm feeling like asset based businesses are going to become a hot commodity because you've still got to you've still got to provide right you can slide with property you, you know let's say everybody enters the metaverse or whatever nonsense it is you know there's still that real world that needs servicing so i'm leaning towards you know, people keep telling me you need to invest in this, that, the other. And it's pushing me more and more into asset-based businesses like transport, lorries, you know, um, vans, premises. It's pushing us into waste management, facilities, you know, recycling plants. I'm just being pushed more and more into these asset-based um, industries. And, and it's you get a feeling of really gritty, raw, what I like to call real business. You know, not to put the businesses down, because we have investments in marketing agencies and things like that, and they have they serve a purpose and they do good work. But for me, it's like that. You know, you go there and you can hear the diggers and things like that, and you think we own this. 
And that's, for me, that's really, because you look at them and traditionally you think, oh, big business, expensive, all the rest of it. And they are, but when you get into it, it's a real, for me, it's been more sense of achievement doing that than things like the supplies businesses or the web agencies I've had in the past. It just feels more real because you can see it. Do you know what I mean? You can see the processes. So, yeah, for me, that's where we're focused at the moment. Asset-heavy businesses. No, I like that. Um, going against the grain and going against things that it's almost things that can't be disrupted by technology. That's what almost, I mean. It can't it? be yeah. disrupted. I mean, yeah. they've got to they've got to invent teleportation before we go out of business. So <laughs> yeah. you know, it's uh, you know, my grandkids will be long dead by that point. Um, so well, I don't know with the rate they're going actually, but yeah, it's, Elon uh, Musk will probably try. That's that what I mean. Yeah, I'm worried actually now. Um, well, he can buy our business then. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's what that's yeah. what we're looking at at the moment, and I've, I've, I'm a big fan now of that, and I'm getting more and more into it. You know, we've recently bought uh, in October last year, we also bought a prefabricated buildings manufacturer because obviously it ties into the property stuff. You know, looking at things like affordable housing, I'm like, can that tie into this? Can that become part of our property business, which we have separate? You know, and it's just trying to see where the opportunities are, to be honest. So, yeah. Man, love that, love that. Um, I could ask you loads of questions to be fair, but I'm just conscious of time because uh, I love the subject of business. Um, because we talk about property enough, um, since so refreshing. Um, just one last one before we wrap up, I suppose. I wanted to ask, um, I certainly have felt this quite a bit when I was younger age barriers in business. You're too young for this, you're too young for that, didn't get taken seriously. Yeah. Um, did you come across that? And if so, how did you deal with it? I didn't early on because I guess people expect new businesses, entrepreneurial types to be younger. But as we've gone more professional in private equity, which is very old boys network, you know, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, the biz- it's, it's the business of business, private equity, so it's the business of money. Um, nothing I've noticed, but... Sometimes I feel it. Um, so in the office, we've got some, we've got a lot of young guys in the office as well. So I'm, I'll walk into a room and I'm either really young or I'm really old. <laughs> I'm at that age. I think in your 30s, you're either really young or you're really old, depending on what room you're in. Um, so I'm feeling that at the moment. But I, again, I get around it by employing decent people. Um, so a lot of our, a lot of the senior people in my business, I don't think there's one of them under the age of 50. Um, and my ops director, I said, I, I said, I, I would say I'd bring him on as a bit of grey hair, but he's bald, so I can't say that. Um, but he's, uh, but, but I, I can, t- I can. In fact, I do, I do get it, and I'll tell you why, Terry. Because when we're in a meeting, sometimes, and I'm sat there in dress, what I'm in with my uh, trainers and stuff, and then there's Sean, my ops director, sat there in his suit and his glasses and all the rest of it. And you'll see that when people are talking to us, they're talking to him. Mm. And they're yeah, not really looking at me much. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I honestly don't mind that. But actually, thinking about that, yeah, they. Not that that's a problem, but people make that unconscious bias. I think. Yeah, but we've got around it by employing these people. So I've got the senior people, you know, um, who, ironically enough, behind closed doors are asking me question after question, asking for advice. And again, it, it works. It's a dynamic that works. I think if it does bother people. It's never really bothered me, but for, for those people that it does bother, I think just just 
be wary of that in your recruitment. You know, get get people that are more experienced. Yeah. They, you'll find that they can help you anyway. They can help you with things that you're just not old enough to have experienced yet. You know, so there's a lot of things I learned off Sean and the other older guys in in my team, um, and vice versa. So yeah, it's it 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 works. Yeah. So so yeah, I think there has been that unconscious bias. Um, but it's not necessarily affected me, or maybe it doesn't now because of the steps I've taken to introduce those people. But yeah, it's um, certainly there. Using your team, yeah, yeah, it's a good point. I think um, just when I was, it wasn't more my team because I just you're right in the recruitment. If you don't get that good feel in the interview, you know, you could suss that out quite early, couldn't you? Yeah. In the interview, yeah. if they're thinking that oh, I know better because I'm older. It was more clients in and around businesses, collaborating with other businesses and growth. Um, it was more around that because, like, when I was 19, when I started, like, I looked, I like to think I look young now. I don't know if I look young now, by the way, but I looked really young when I was 19. And, like, I just didn't get taken seriously. But I used that as, like, a fire, as, like, a motivation to say, oh, well, yeah. I'm yeah. going to be the, the best at what I do, regardless of my age. I just didn't know if you had a similar thing, but, um, no, that's cool. That's cool. Um, so, Nathan, the show is called The Rags to Riches Show. So what does being rich mean to you? Because you can be rich in time, assets, monetary terms, loads of different things. But what does being rich mean to you? Loving what you do and enjoying every minute of it. Um, again, I, I can't stand cliches. Punch people in the face, they're very cliche. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it is. It's, it's, it's like we said before, not minding that I've not been on a holiday. I think that is success. It's when you enjoy what you do and you can afford to do it. That's, for me, that's rich and success. You know, we could go on, we could go on hundreds, billions of pounds eventually, but, you know, I'm feeling, I'm feeling comfortable and I'm feeling successful at the moment, which is, which is where you want to be in it, really. It's different for every person. Yeah, definitely. Success, is, success means different things to different people, doesn't it? And, yeah. and as long as yeah. you feel successful, whether that's 50 grand or a million uh, yeah, it doesn't matter as long as you feel happy, content, you've got everything that you want and need. Yeah. And that's, that's all that matters. But um, good answer. I, th I think you're right. It, it, it means different things to different people. But thank you so much for the episode, Nathan. I've really enjoyed it. Um, if anyone wants to reach out to you, if anyone wants to sell a business in transport or waste management, or if anyone just wants to follow your journey, what is the best way for them to... to um, so I'm knocking about on social media, um, Instagram, as Terry's kindly pointed out. Uh, so I think all, all of my social media is all the same. So it's all one word, Nathan, the letter J, Winch. Um, and then our investment business website is winchandco.com. So if anybody is interested, wants to retire, wants to exit their business, wants to make a bit of money, um, we're acquisitive, we're buying at the moment, so uh, get in touch, yeah. But you'll find me online, do a Google search. Um, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'm sure I'm knocking about somewhere. Well, when you sell your business in Ethan, just mention the code Terry B and I'll get a kickback. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking, I'm joking. Um, no, honestly, Nathan, thank you so much. Um, really appreciate it today. Thank you for your time and have a fantastic rest of your Smashing. evening. Thank you very much, Terry. It's been a pleasure. Thanks a lot. Cheers, mate.